Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. I want you to see a couple verses. I've entitled the message today, Precepts, Principles, and Policies for Peace, Profit, and Pleasure. Precepts, Principles, and Policies for Peace, Profit, and Pleasure. Because of all the great preachers we have come in, I don't know how many times I'll get to speak. And there is something on my heart. Now, I, I want you to know, I think last night was one of the best messages on searching God's word I have ever heard in my life. That was great. I can't wait to use the two-by-four illustration, okay? That was really good. And you guys should use that too. That was excellent. You can use that as an object lesson this summer or whatever. I think Dr. Getz will give us all, uh, give us all permission to use that. That, guys, was a phenomenal object lesson. G- guys and girls... You can use that this summer in, t- in speaking to children or whatever, young people, about the Word of God. It was great. By the way, I have so appreciated. Dr. Getch has not preached about revival. Dr. Getch has preached for revival. you got to be still. you got to be submissive. And you got to be searching the Word of God. The Lord's doing something in my life. I hope he is in yours as well. Now, I didn't want to to mess up anything what the Lord's doing in the revival services. So I'm preaching on something that may help maintain revival, but I'm not sure it's going to bring revival. I mean, already you're looking at precepts, principles, and policies. I don't think I'm going to like this message, Brother Chandler. You're going to love this message. Because for the very first time, you're going to understand stuff that you've never understood before. Why can we not have earbuds? Well, I don't understand. I mean, the most manly thing a guy can do is have facial hair. So what's the deal with that, Brother Shetler? Why can't we have facial hair? We're going to find out today. And so it's going to be, at, and, it, and I have a passage of scripture today. It's not Matthew 22. That's just our starting point. But I've got a passage of scripture today that you're going to go like, whoa, whoa. That like takes care of this CCM music. That is unbelievable. What I learned today in chapel. So I hope you guys are ready. But I want to start in Matthew chapter 22. Let's all just stand. The reading of God's word here. Verse 36, the Bible says, Matthew 22, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? What's the great one? I mean, what's the like the, the one biggie? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with, everyone give me the next word, would you? With all thy heart and with thy soul and with thy mind. This is the first great commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now look at verse 40. On these two commandments hang all the law... And the prophets. Dexter, I got a little question. Yeah, yeah, what's your question? Since there's only two, why do we have 6,423 in our handbook? There's just two here. Why don't we just have this real, you could save a lot of paper, save a lot of time. You got two commandments here. You know what? We do. We have two commandments and 6,000 policies, amen, so that we can accomplish the two commandments, <laughs> all right? That's what, that's what it all is about, okay? But I want you to go back to verse 40, 37 and pray. we'll have a word of prayer. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. All right, I do want to tell you this, college students, before we pray. 
This doesn't really have to do with my message, but you guys got to hear this. The only way the Christian life works is all the way. It does not work halfway. And I'll tell you some great illustrations. Three million people wandered in a wilderness for 40 years. They couldn't go back to Egypt, and they didn't have faith to go in the promised land. God provided for them. They had clothes that never wore out. They had had shoes that never wore down. They were given this cool stuff called manna. So God provided for them, but they were the most unhappy people in the world. I believe the most unhappy people on planet Earth are not unbelievers. I think that they're believers that are not living all the way for God. And I just want to tell you, college at West Coast does not work halfway. You can go halfway on online but you can't go halfway on a campus. It just doesn't work. If you are not all in, you will struggle all semester long. But I will tell you this. If you get all in, this will be the greatest four months of your entire life. If you go, you know what? I'm here. God's called me here. I am all in. The only way to obey his commandment is to be all in. I love him with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul. Whatever thy hand findeth to do, college student, Do it with thy might. It doesn't work halfway. And halfway in the semester, you will see, man, this is not working out. And you know why? Because you weren't all in at the very beginning. This is the first day of classes. Get all in. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll go to our text. Father, may we understand there's two commandments that our Lord and Savior gave. But, Lord, there is no question that the word of God is full of precepts. There's no doubt that there's principle after principle. Lord, I believe everything's going to be connected back to these two laws. But Father, these students need to understand the importance of precepts, of principles, and of policies. Help me explain. They cannot fall asleep today. Because if they fall asleep, if if their minds wander, Father, they're going to miss it, and they're going to struggle with handbook stuff. But, Father, I truly believe that in Acts 15, we are going to show them why we do what we do because of the Council of Jerusalem. So, God, help us today have a tender heart. I think, Lord, our students are not struggling with rebellious hearts. I think they're struggling with why. Why can't I have facial hair? Why can't I put earbuds in? Why why do I have to do these focus reports? I think they want answers. So, Lord, after today's chapel, they will have biblical answers. Then it'll be rebellion if they don't do it. But, Lord, right now it may be ignorance. So may we help them. I pray this will be a life-changing message as they go into the harvest field. May they never forget what they heard about precepts, principles, and policies today because they're going to have to have it in their ministries. So, Lord, may they get it right now as laborers. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's student body said, you may be seated. Take your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter number 15. So this is an amazing chapter in Acts. I do not consider it the most important chapter in Acts. But what happens in Acts 15 is absolutely amazing. 
The book of Acts is not a doctrinal book. That's why it's called the book of Acts. Okay, thank you. It's called the book of Acts. It's not called the book of doctrine, all right? But there is doctrine that comes out. In the Council of Jerusalem, maybe the heaviest doctrinal passage in the entire book of Acts. What happens is the disciples come back, the missionaries come back with an incredible report of Gentiles all over the known world coming to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. In, in Acts chapter 15, in verse number 1, if you would read, if you look with me, I'll read it out loud, but if you look with me. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. Whoa. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispution with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go on to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about this question. Okay, first of all, let's define a word. That word is legalism. Everyone together, what's the word? All right, here is the definition from these two things. Adding to Christ's finished work for justification. Adding to Christ's finished work for justification. That's legalism. Whenever you add to telestiae, Whenever you add to it is finished, you have legalism. If for your justification, you have to do anything more than what Christ did, you're a legalist. That's what, and that's exactly what they said there. Here are the first legalists. Matter of fact, I think it goes back to the book of Malachi, but we don't have time to go there. But, but I think this is where they began to say, oh, no, 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 no. All these Gentiles, they're not really getting saved. They've got to get circumcised. Well, I can tell you, Paul and Barnabas went off their spiritual rocker. I mean, they are just like, what are you guys? No way. You are destroying the gospel by saying you've got to add anything to what Jesus Christ did on, the, uh, on that cross. He finished it all. It was proven by the resurrection. What are you doing to these Gentiles? They're not getting circumcised. It's not going to happen. I mean, it gets heated. Well, let's go to Jerusalem and talk to Pastor James and a few other guys and just kind of work this thing out. So they call this the Council of Jerusalem. Now, these guys brought up a lot of arguments. These Gentiles, man, they're living in fornication, and you call them saved. They're living this way. They're eating this. They're doing that. They're doing all this stuff, and you say that they're saved. Man, that can't happen. Well, we know what the gospel is. We, we, we do know that the Gentiles have to be taught a lot of things yet. And, and so they're struggling with things. Look down at verse number five. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying, that it was needful to circumcise them, to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the, uh, the apostles and the elders came together for to consider of this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter, 
rose up and said unto them, Hey, men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice. Cornelius, guys, you remember? God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel. And they believed. They got saved by faith, man. They didn't get saved by all this stuff. They got saved. Okay, but we got problems with these Gentiles, the way that they're living and things that are going on. Look down with me now over to verse 19. So they have this council. And they're going like, okay, well, justification is by faith. So we cannot add anything to that. But they do need to know some precepts from the word of God. There are some commandments. They're saved. They don't have to get circumcised to get saved. But they do got to have some precepts in their life. Hey, there are some basic Bible principles that these Gentiles are going to have to live by. And i just be honest with you, on a daily basis, there's some policies that we got to give them that they're going to have to live by. You say, Brother Shetler, no way. Yes way. You will see in just a moment, precept, you will see a principle, and yes, you will see a policy. And I want you to see the difference between precepts, principles, and, 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 uh, and policy, but I want you to see at the Council of Jerusalem, they knew that the Gentiles needed precepts to live by, they needed principles to live by, and yes, college students, they needed a policy to live by as well. This is so cool. Look at what happens, verse 19. Wherefore, my sentence is, okay, so here's the conclusion of the Council of Jerusalem. Okay, so we know it's justification by faith. We're not going to put them back under circumcision to be saved. We know that doesn't have anything to do with it. We're not going to be legalist. However, we are going to have some precepts. We're going to have some principles, and we're going to have some policies. Look at verse 19. Wherefore, my sentence is this. So here's the conclusion. That we trouble not them. Oh, man, if they got to do stuff to be justified by God, that is going to be so troubling. It's going to be such an approval system. It's going to go back to religion again instead of a relationship, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. But that we write unto them, there are some things, that they abstain from pollutions of idols. That will be the principle. And from fornication, that will be the precept. And from things strangled and from blood. Now look at this. You know, for Moses of old time hath in every city. I'm going to just tell you though, they got it. We got to put some policies around them because they, that every city in, that they preach, that they preach him being read in the synagogue every Sabbath day there's certain things, listen, that are dominant associations that they've got to have that as a policy, that they guide them about a dominant association of something that's wrong. Now, right now, I, I realize, Brother Shabbat, I haven't connected everything. It's okay. I have asserted to you something. There is a pre, I think everyone can see the precept. You can't have fornication. Doesn't matter what culture, doesn't matter. It's a commandment of God. It's a clear command. It's a precept. I think you're going to see very easily the principle about the stumbling block. The harder one is the policy. 
but they come up with one that will help us in our Christian music, that will help us with earbuds, will help us with everything, okay? Let's look at this for just a moment. First of all, let me give you, there's three areas that they set up for conduct and standards for believers. Number one is a precept. That is a clear command of Scripture. When it says abstain, it means restrain. It means you don't do it from fornication. That was... That goes all the way back to the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. There's your precept. Precepts are clear commands of Scripture. By the way, read our handbook. There are several precepts in our handbook, college student. There's several things that we do here that are clear commands of Scripture that you cannot do. Okay, that's a precept. Nobody can argue with that. God's Word says that it's clear. Number two is principle. These are fundamental truths that serve as a foundation to our beliefs and behavior. Principle, they are fundamental truths that serve as a foundation to our beliefs and our behavior. Which one are they giving here? Oh, this is good. They're giving the stumbling block principle. Here's what they're saying. You've got to turn to this. Very quickly, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and there's a direct relationship to what was happening at the Council of Jerusalem about this all this food. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, write down verses 9 through 13. Listen to this. This was the principle that came out of the Council of Jerusalem. Paul writes, Church of Corinth, Gentiles. Hey, guys, but take heed, lest by any means... This liberty of yours, here comes a principle now, become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Doesn't give any specifics. It's a principle. Hey, guys, your liberty that you have in Christ, make sure you're not using that for a weaker brother to stumble. That's a principle. For if any man see thee which has knowledge sit at meat in his idol's temple... Shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? Listen, listen, Gentiles, guys, guys at Corinth, listen to me. You guys aren't having any problem. You guys are not eating meat offered to idols that you're going, yes, and we worship that idol. No, 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 no. You guys aren't doing it at all. You guys are doing stuff that you don't have a problem. Man, it's not, listen, there is no such, there is no other gods. There's only one God. They can offer their little food to some, they can make their little food and give it over some sacrifice to some God. I don't care. It has nothing to do with my relationship with the Lord. I know that my God is God and I'm going to eat of the food. We understand that you can do that. But there's a principle here. When others see you doing that, oh, well, I guess those idols are okay. No, 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 that's not why I'm eating this. I'm eating this because it's good for my body and there is no such thing as another God. But they're looking at that and they're watching you. And so they said, Gentiles, Gentiles, listen to me. I know you guys don't have any problem eating meat that's been offered to idols. I know you guys don't have any problem with it. But there's a principle here, guys. And we've decided at the Council of Jerusalem... You guys can't be a stumbling block to others. Look, it continues on, verse 11. And though thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish. You guys know what you're doing and why you're doing it, but they don't for whom Christ died. But when ye sin, so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you are sinning against Christ. I, 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 
I thought it was okay for me to eat this food. No. Yeah, it's okay for you to eat the food, but it's affecting others. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh. While the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. I want to tell you this. This message isn't about the stumbling black principle at all. Because I, I think any prin- biblical principle can be used here. But I'm going to tell you this. Amidst our movement right now in independent Baptists with young guys coming out of Bible colleges. You guys are thinking you can do stuff. And it's like, hey, it's no problem. I know who I'm worshiping. But you don't understand who you're impacting by what you're allowing yourself to do. Other people are being impacted by that. The Council of Jerusalem met on this, and they said, okay, listen, Gentiles, Gentiles, listen to me. Number one, you guys cannot have fornication. That is a precept that you cannot have. Number two, there's got to be a principle here. And the principle is the stumbling block thing. You guys are doing some things that others are stumbling. Now, there's all kinds of principles that you can use. This is just one that they mentioned at the Council of Jerusalem. But show where you get this policy thing. This is the coolest thing. So this last thing, here's what a policy is. Policies are the courses of actions that will determine our direction. Policies are the courses of action that will determine our direction. Here's the policy that they, that they started here. This is not like the only policy, all right? We got dozens of them here. Amen. Okay, but this was a policy that they gave. All right. Okay, this is not a precept. And it really isn't a principle. Here's a policy you guys got to have to operate by. If the dominant association of something that you're doing and the dominant association of that is affecting others, and everyone knows that this goes with this. Man, they're preaching every, every, every synagogue, every Sabbath. They're preaching on these things, and you guys are doing them. The dominant association of that tells us as a policy we just can't have that. You guys just can't do some of those things because the dominant association with it. By the way, that goes perfect for music. There's a lot of music. By the way, here's, there's a precept about music. That music is not neutral. Music is not neutral. That's a precept. You, you, you either listening to music that glorifies God or you're not. There is music that is good and there is music that is bad. So, you know, music is all moral. No, it's not. Music definitely has a message to it. So there's the precept. But what's the policy behind music? What's the dominant association of that song? When people hear it, does everyone think, oh, you know who they think about? They think about that author. That uh, I never even heard of that author before in my life. Don't mess me up with a song I like to tell me something. I don't want to hear it, man. I don't want to hear that. That's not the dominant association with me with that song. I'm good with that song. That song helps me worship the Lord. Don't be messing me all up with that stuff. Okay? So there's a dominant association. Everybody knows it. Okay, then I can't do it. That's, that's the policy that came out of the Council of Jerusalem. Hey, there's certain things, Gentiles, you can't do because when you do it, it is the dominant association. This message is not about dominant association. The point is, at the Council of Jerusalem, they said you got to have precepts. you got to have principles. And you got to have some policies to guide you. Now, Let's talk about this really quickly. What is the difference, Brother Shetler, between precepts, principles, we're kind of putting those together from policies, because I think that's where we struggle. 
Write these down. If you've written anything down, write these down, because these are great. Okay, so what's the difference between a precept, principle, and policies? Number one, precepts and principles are eternal. Policies are temporal. Number two, precepts and principles are doctrinal. Policies are practical. Okay, precepts and principles are always eternal. They will never change no matter what culture, no matter where you go to the mission field or whatever. They're a precept, they're a, they're a principle, they're eternal. Policies are temporal though. Precepts and principles are doctrinal. Policies are practical. Precepts and principles never change by culture. Never change by culture. Policies are always determined by culture. Policies are always determined by culture. Precepts and principles are always transcendent. Policies are always relevant. Policies are relevant for the, for the very situation you're in. Precepts and principles are always transcendent. Now listen to these next few that I wrote. Precepts and principles express God's will. Policies express man's will. Yeah, and then, no, 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 stop. Now we're going to get to an end here. Don't get all, don't be going, yeah, see, so we don't need policies. Stop, don't go there. They did in the Council of Jerusalem, we still do it today. So it's, it expresses God's will, our precepts and principles. Policies express man's will. Now here we go. Principles and precepts originate from God's character. Policies are authorized by man's conscience. Now, you got to stop here. This is huge stuff, college student. A precept and a principle are in the Bible comes out of the character of who God is. A policy comes out of the conscience of the person who's in charge, whether it's their own life, whether it's their church, pastors-to-be, but you're going to have policies. You are never going to work anywhere that there's not going to be policies. The policies come out of the conscience of the person who's in charge. They are important because they're going to be the actions that are going to be used to direct what's going to be achieved in that church, in that ministry, in that college, whatever it might be. We do not put policy on the same level, but it is extremely important to understand. And listen to the last one. I love this. The difference between precept and principle and policy. Precepts and principles are based on truth. Most important thing of this chapel is about to be said, so you get a hold of this. Principles and precepts are based on what? Everyone together, are based on what? Policies are based on trust. Policies are based on trust. Now, you guys got to get this. Brother Scheller, I think I should be able to write, wear earbuds if I want. What in the world is wrong with having a, 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 having a beard as a man? What is the deal with signing out? 
I, I, I just got to tell you, Brother Scheller, I had one problem last semester. You know what it was? Focus reports. No, that was not your problem. Your problem was you didn't trust the authority that's been placed over you. Now listen, principles and, and, and precepts, that's based on the truth of God's word. But policies are based on trust. Obey them that have the rule over you, which watch for your souls and submit to them, for they will give an account to God. College student, can I tell you this? I've been here for five years. You have a faculty and an administration and a staff and a church that loves you. Are we right all the time? No. Do we have stupid policies here? Sure, I'm sure we do. I don't know what they are, but I'm sure we do. They sure were. They had a lot of stupid policies when I went to college. I'll tell you that. Guys, it's not the issue. It's not the issue. The issue is trust. And that is actually what Pastor James was trying to tell the Gentiles. Hey, guys. You're going to have to trust us on this dominant association thing because every week they're preaching in the, in, the, in the synagogue certain things. I know you Gentiles do not understand this, but you guys are going to have to come with us on this for just a minute. We're going to have to have a policy here. And dominant association of some of the things you're doing is just getting hooked up with the world. And you're going to have to trust us. The other two things, fornication, that's a truth, man. The stumbling block principle, that's a truth. But guys... You're going to have to trust us for the policies. Now, I'm going to tell you, if we have a student body that can understand, you know what? There's precepts here. They're clear commands of God. There's principles here that are definitely laid out. I understand them completely. And the policies, I can't get my total arms around them. I don't see it yet. I don't know if I would agree with Pastor Ch- I really love Pastor Chapel. I really do. But I'm not sure I understand. I mean, Dr. Getz, I mean, I know that guy's thinking for us and everything, but I just don't understand. So what do you got to do? Everyone, what do you got to do? You got to trust. You got to trust. And then the policies aren't a big deal anymore because you trust you still, you know what, when, when, when I have a church, I'm not going to have this policy. When I start the Bible college I'm going to start, we're not going to have these policies. Go for it, man, go for it. But you will have policies. You ain't, you're not running your family without policies, husbands-to-be. Let me just tell you, moms-to-be, you will have policies with your kids. It ain't going to run without them. You've got to have some policies. Now, they're a man. But that doesn't mean they're not important. Let me tell you, I gave you the differences. Let me really quickly give you the similarities. This is really cool. The similarities between all three of these. Number one, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. Can, I, can, I show, can, can you show the picture of the, of the valley up there from Saddleback? Okay, so the very first time, I've climbed Saddleback now probably six, seven times with Joshua Camps and you guys. And, and the first time was Drew and I, we climbed uh, Saddleback. And... Um, we got to the top, beautiful view. This is what we saw that day, the very first time I was ever at Saddleback. And, and uh, we're walking around on the top of the mountain, and I found this. Usually Drew finds everything, but I found this. I said, Drew, you got to see this. 
Okay, first thing about precepts, principles, and policies. They are everywhere. They're everywhere. You will never go anywhere. You'll never go to a country. You'll never go to a city. You'll never go. They, were, they are everywhere, these three things. Show me the next slide. So in a stone at the top of Saddleback, there's this engraving. It tells you the, the altitude of, of where Saddleback is. And I, you can't see it real well, but you can maybe see the word fine. You see the word fine, F-I-N-E? Next to it is the number, $250. There is a policy on the top of Saddleback that you can't be messing with the stones up there or it's a $250 fine. And I said, Drew, there's no, you can't go anywhere on planet Earth that there's not policies. So get it down, college student. I, I think I just am going to go home and watch online. Let me tell you, there's policies at home, okay? There's policies everywhere. The sooner you understand that, the better life becomes. You don't go anywhere where there's not, pre- the precepts of God are everywhere. It's gonna go, they're going to transcend every culture. Number two, let me tell you something else is similar. They've got to be enforced. The precepts of God have to be enforced. The principles of God have to be enforced. And the policies of God have to be enforced. You know what? They are considering right now a law in the state of California that they're not going to let you have plastic straws. What, Brother Shelley, I've been sleeping, but I think you just said that they're going to outlaw straws in California. Yeah, like they did grocery bags, okay? All right? But listen to this. This is the coolest thing. It's it's not the coolest thing. It's like the worst thing. So here's what they said. We are going to arrest uh, waitresses if they offer plastic straws to their customers. Okay, now I got a couple problems with this. Like, number one, enforcement. I mean, can you imagine you're going to Applebee's and you're a state agent, you know? She just offered me a straw. Ma'am, your rights are, can you imagine that? But then they said this. They said this. We're really not going to enforce the law. We're just going to have the law in the books. Okay, now, let me tell you. you. You may not like every policy here, but you ought to be thankful that you're going to a college that enforces the policies that we have. Because I'm just going to tell you this, that brings chaos and that brings bitterness. When it's like, hey, I thought this was a rule here, but look, she's doing it. He's doing it. Now, maybe we didn't see it or whatever, but I'm going to tell you something. We got a policy. We need to enforce it. And there's policies everywhere. Number three, equality. One thing about precepts, principles, and policies, there needs to be equality with them. And then number four, you need to esteem them. You need to esteem them. You need, there needs to be a value to them. Well, Brother Schiller, I'll value precepts, and I'll value principles, but I'm not going to value policies. Now, here's what I would tell you. You would not have the same value because they don't originate from the character of God. But you are in sad shape, college student, if you do not value, and you do not value the policies that are at this campus. And that's where it comes back to trust. There's a reason for it. Okay, so Brother Shetler, what are the reasons? Well, first of all, let me give you some of the principles that we use around here. A lot. Most of our rules will come from some of these principles. There'll be some definite precepts, but you don't have to write them down. You guys know these. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Okay, like, I think like 25% of all of our rules can fit under that one. I really mean that. Abstain from all. Um, 
I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Okay, that, there's a bunch, that's a principle. And there's a bunch of rules here that fit under that. Uh, Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Now, there's a principle. Don't be conformed to this world. We, we apply that everywhere around here. And by the way, you ought, to be thank, you ought to be thankful. Hopefully, that's why you came here, is we're using biblical principles to determine things. First uh, Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Every, every one of my activities have gone through the First Corinthians 10, 31 thing. Everything I teach in my class has gone through the First Corinthians 10, 31 thing. Hebrews 13, 17. We mentioned it already about uh, obey them that have the rule over you. Uh, all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. That's a principle. Do all things decently and in order. Okay, we use that everywhere around here. We use that for a lot of our, of our things here. We use the principle. Okay, Brother Scheller, get to the policies. Okay, I will. Here we go. Are you ready? I have with me today, for some of you, the biggest irritation in the world. Would you put it up on the screen, please? What is it? Everyone together. Yeah. Now, let me tell you something. There are biblical reasons why we do this. Because we do not like you. No, that is not true at all. My biggest disciplinary problem is dean of students last semester. Thank you for allowing me to have a chapel to deal with it. This was the biggest problem last semester for this, for this dean. These right here. I had to have meetings with you. Josh Montana is doing a knockout job keeping up on all of them. And some of you guys just don't think it's important. Well, let me tell you, it is. Each report asks questions about commands that are given to us in the church. Soul winning, church attendance, forsake not your assembly, ministry. You're supposed to be in all those three things by God's thing. Focus report does that. The principles for reporting, stewardship. College is under the umbrella of a local church. Obey them, they have the rule of it. And listen to this verse, Proverbs 27, 23. I I have this up in my office, and when I saw that, I go like, okay, there it is, focus reports. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. It is our job to make sure you're doing your job. And focus reports allows us to do that. Accountability to do what's right. Let us, uh, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, to correct to, to, uh, the, the wrong, encourage the weary. Obedience, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You know you're supposed to turn these in every week. This is a policy. This is not a precept. This is not a principle, but it's a policy that's hooked to Scripture. There is a reason for that. Earbuds, abstain from all appearance of evil. When you got the, what, I, wonder what they're, I wonder what they're listening to. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Facial hair. Now, here we go with facial hair. Here we go. Dominant association cannot be used anymore like when I was growing up. 60s, 70s, 80s, people with beard, dominant association kind of rebellious, kind of against the things of God, kind of their independent spirit. That is not true today. Are you about to announce something, Brother Shetler? Yes, do all things decently and in order. (laughs) I don't think I like what you just said. Okay, let me explain. If we said to you guys that we cannot use the dominant association principle to, to not have facial hair on guys, ain't no way. But I'll tell you what. 
Can you imagine if today in chapel we said, hey, guys, you can start growing beards. Where? How? What? How large? What? Uh, how do you... How do you know, goatees, how long? I mean, it would be the biggest, can you imagine having beard check every, every Friday, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's like, there's, we're going to do things decently in order, the easiest, now listen to me, this is really important, the easiest thing, so everyone, hey, they can wear that beard, and I can't wear this beard, do you think that would come up? Do you think that would... Now, wait a second. What's the difference between his beard and what you just told me I couldn't? Hey, we got to do things decently in an order. I do believe that the argument about... I think the argument about dominant association is gone now. But there still is another reason for that, uh, for that, for that principle. Um, oh, I want to give this one too. Signing out. Signing out. Yeah, Brother Scheller, I'm a big boy now. Okay, I don't, need to, I don't need to say, yes, you do. And I use the same verse, Proverbs 27, 23. Be thou diligent administration, be thou diligent faculty, be thou diligent dean's office to know the state of your flocks and look well to thy herds. Where are they? If something comes up, where are the sheep? They need to sign out so we know where they are for their own protection and for their own help. Let me tell you something. You don't have to have the same power. We gotta all have the same principles and we gotta have the all have the same precepts. We don't all have to have the same policies. But while you're here, you need to let's see if you remembered anything from today, because we're done. Everyone together, you need to what? Trust. You need to trust. And guys, if you get a hold of this, it will make and by the way, what is at the end? Can you go back to my uh, my slide of the, the title of my message? Look what it produces. And this is, oh, this is revival. It produces peace. It produces profit. And everyone together, what else? It produces what? You will have the greatest semester you have ever had in your entire life. If you can understand submission, I am all in on here, Brother Shetler. I understand why there's precepts. I understand why there's principles. And today I understand why there's policies. And they did it at the Council of Jerusalem, guys. And you know, the number one reason why they did it was for peace among the brethren. They, they just said, you know what, we got it. Hey, guys, Gentiles, I understand that you, come from, you don't come from Judaism. I understand that. But can I just tell you this? We got to be all together here. And there's some precepts. You guys cannot live in fornication. That is a God standard. There's principles. You guys got to live by Gentiles. You can't, you're making other people stumble. You got to have some principles in your life, Gentiles. And Gentiles, there's got to be some policies that are going to direct your life. And we're going to say one of the policies is dominant association. And if it's a dominant association with the world or worldly things, we're going to ask that you don't do it. Guys, what the early church experienced See, oh, you independent Baptists are so legalistic. No, we are not. We do not believe you add anything to the finished work of Jesus Christ for justification. But I'll tell you what we do believe as independent Baptists, that there are precepts, that there are principles, and yes, there are policies that we got to live our life by to bring him glory and honor. We get it all together at the beginning, the first day of school, and I will tell you, by May 1st, we will be experiencing revival on this campus like we have never had. There will be a closeness. There will be a love. There will be a joy that you say, God, this is absolutely 
the greatest four months of my entire life. 